Happy Christmas! Come on, it's Christmas time. And we got the kids in? Kids, what a privilege. I miss you. Do you know that? Deadly serious, I miss you. When you're over in that building over there, I miss you. I miss you having it in the meeting with us and everything. So it is so great to have you in with us this morning. Are you enjoying it? Did you enjoy getting up on the stage? What is... (laughs) <laughs> well, at least one of you did, or two of you did. What's your favourite Christmas film? Elf. 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 What? Which one was that? Home Alone. We watched Home Alone the other week. Anything else? Any others? Elf, Home Alone, anything else? The Grinch. The Grinch. I'm asking the kids. Come on, Phil. <laughs> the Grinch animation, yeah, at the back. Nativity, uh, there's about three or four of them, isn't it? Which is your favourite? The third one. My, my favourite Christmas film, I've got a few actually. My favourite one, um, any, any adults, anyone want to shout out their favourite Christmas film? Whoa, 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 one at a time, one at a time. Let's just slow it down a little bit. Good, whoa, whoa. And Vicky, straight in there, doesn't wait for anyone else. Pardon? White Christmas, you were determined you were going to get that one in. Muppet Christmas Carol. You've stole mine. That was literally, well actually I've got, I've got two, I've got two, that was one of the ones I was going to mention, Muppet's Christmas, and it Muppet's Christmas Carol as well, although there's one on tonight, isn't there, has anyone noticed that, there's another, they're doing another remake that's coming on tonight, anyone else, any other favourite Christmas films, Tracy, yeah, that's a classic, the old one or the new one? Well, it's not really new now, is it? It's about 40 years old already, to be fair. But anyway, um, yeah, Christmas Carol. I, I mean, it's just an, an amazing story, isn't it? Absolutely love that one. Um, Miracle on 34th Street, like that as well. But It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, come on, some of the older people, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. What an amazing, amazing film. I love the heart of that message that, you know, you've got a guy there and he's devoting his life. He's doing the best he can. He's, he's putting himself out there for people. An enemy comes in. There's always any good films, always got a protagonist, haven't they? They've always got someone who's going to come in and, and try and destroy, try and, 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 and mess it up. And, but then at the end, everyone comes together to save him and to rescue him, and it all works out great in the end, doesn't it? It's just an amazing, amazing film. Tell you what, come on, let's say it in faith. Let's say it like we mean it. I am a child of God, so I'm entitled to all the benefits that brings. Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has got to say to me and to respond with faith belief and to be changed by his word amen do you believe it come on i want to talk to you this morning about the real victory the kids have kind of already stolen my thunder quite a bit actually in terms of their message so there's not that much to say other than to add to it and try and explain it in a way the adults will understand it because it takes them a little bit longer, kids. But yeah, I want to talk this morning about the real victory. Some of you in here this morning, you've probably been in that situation, maybe you're in that situation right now in your life and you're pinning your hopes on something happening. 
on an outcome that you really, really want. It might be a promotion that you're hoping for. It might be a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you like and you're just hoping that that thing will work out. Maybe it is a, a relationship that you've already got and you're wanting that relationship to improve, to get better. Maybe it's a, a position that you've been promised and you feel that you should be getting it and it isn't coming and you're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's someone else who you see that keeps getting blessed and you really feel that, hey, why is it not me? When's my turn going to come? When am I going to get blessed? Because it always seems to be this other person and that blessing never seems to come my way. I seem to be doing everything that, that, that's right. I'm trying to tick all the boxes, but it doesn't seem to be happening for me. Some of you are in this situation right now. I want to talk this morning about the real victory and what that looks like. Because one of the things I've learned in life, and some of you, some of you others will have learned this as well, is that if you want to see the real victory, the real victory doesn't always happen in the way that you expect it to happen. We have in our minds the way that we believe that things are going to turn out and the outcome and maybe we, we have it in our minds how it should happen. Maybe we've seen the situation, we see it all and we believe that we should be the next person who's doing that or maybe we should get this promotion or maybe we should get this house or a better job or, or maybe just something should change in your situation and you've got it in your head how that should happen and it's not happening that way. And here's the thing about it that I've really learned about the real victory. And the kids put it so well this morning. And it is this, that the real victory, if you believe in God, if you really believe that God is able to come in and step into your situation and to turn it around, then more often than not, the real victory that you're going to see is probably not going to be as you expect it to be. And if you want to see that victory, sometimes it will be. Sometimes it happens that that victory, you've been promised something and, and you, you're waiting on it, you're waiting patiently from God and it happens exactly as he says it would. That's been my experience in life. I don't know if that's been anyone else's in here. I'm sure it has. My experience with God is that the things that he has promised me, the things that he has faithfully promised me will happen, they've either happened already or I can see that they're in the process of happening and I'm in faith that they're going to happen. But the thing about the, the other stuff, the stuff that we don't have a specific promise on of how it's going to be, what it's going to look like, a, a specific picture, in all of those things, the things that we're hoping for, our, our desires, our dreams, they don't always happen as you expect them to. So what is the real victory? Sometimes they're delayed. Sometimes they take time. Sometimes we're sat waiting, waiting, waiting for that thing to happen. Sometimes it just doesn't happen at all. Maybe it is that there's a situation where you've, you've got a bully. Kids, have you ever had a bully at school? Someone who mistreats you. Someone who speaks badly to you. Someone who kind of... And they always seem to get away with it, don't they? They always seem to do it sneakily behind the, the headmistress's back or the headmaster's back and he never seems to spot it. She never seems to get onto it. And this bully keeps on doing it sneakily behind everyone else's back. Maybe they're saying things about you behind your back. Maybe they're being unkind. Maybe they're trying to stop you. I want to tell you this morning, for all of us, how we can get the real victory in that situation. What God would say about that situation. 
Because God has got something to say about that situation. And the thing about it is, is that so often it doesn't happen the way we expect it to happen. You see, in our mind, in our thinking, we want to see retribution. We want to see that person punished. We want to see that person dealt with and, and that situation sorted out. And we feel that God should come in and just see, fix that situation. Maybe he should punish that person. But the thing about it is it doesn't often happen like that. The real victory can often look very, very different. And the kids gave a great example of it this morning. You see, in, in the time when Jesus was born, the history to that situation, some of you may not know this, some of you may be aware of some of it, but the history to the situation about Jesus being born was that Jesus came as the Messiah. He was the promised Messiah. Now, in the northeast of England, we have a, a, a great city called Newcastle. Anyone heard of Newcastle? Yeah. Newcastle, I remember well over 20 years ago, some of you may remember this, there's a football club in Newcastle and they had a situation where a, a new manager came in who was really loved by that region, by that area. His name was Kevin Keegan. He was really well known. They loved him and everything. I remember when he came into, into power, if you like, he came to be the manager of Newcastle. They were calling him. Anyone know what they were calling him? The Messiah. That's what they were calling him. They were calling Kevin Keegan the Messiah because their opinion was, their hope was, their desire was that he was going to come. He was going to defeat their enemies. He was going to sort out all the problems at the club. He was going to make them victorious. He was going to put them back on the throne. Oops, didn't quite happen as they expected it to happen. And in the Bible, we see that the people at the around, the, around the time when Jesus was born, they had an expectation of what the Messiah was going to look like. God had told them. God had told them what the Messiah would look like. And they'd fixated their minds, they'd obsessed over a particular part of that description of the Messiah and what he would be like. And the, one of the descriptions in the Bible, if you've got Bibles with you, we're going to put the verses up. I'm not going to read that much of it, but Psalm 110 verses 1 to 3 puts it really, really well. It says this, it starts off, The Lord said to my Lord, this is God the Father speaking about, and Jesus, Sit in the place of honour at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Now Israel, the nation that Jesus was born into, the nation that this, this prophecy was being spoken about, about the coming Messiah, was used to being oppressed. They were used to being bullied and they were used to being the underdogs. They'd had it historically. They'd had plenty of nations who'd oppressed them. Egypt had done it in the very early days. And, and a Messiah, if you like, had come named Moses, who had brought them out of that, that subjectivity to Egypt. And he'd, he'd saved them from that. And he brought them to their own land, to their own place. And they were living in that land at the time of Jesus. They were living in that place, but they were under a new oppression, which was the Roman Empire. A new empire had come in and they were subjugating them. 
The Israelites couldn't make their own rules in their own land. They were being told what to do. There was a, a ruler in their own land. And you can understand, can't you, why so many of them had fixated on this idea that the Messiah was coming and he was going to come in a bit like Kevin Keegan. He was going to defeat their enemies. He was going to put them back on the throne. He was going to bring retribution and all of this stuff. That's what they fixed their mind on. Sit in the place of honour at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. What a great promise. To, if you can imagine you're being oppressed and to hear those words that God is going to make your enemies a footstool under your feet. That sounds so great, doesn't it? He didn't just say that. He went on to say that the Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. This is in the Bible. This is a promise. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. And they'd fixed their minds on this, on this idea of the Messiah. And their hope was this Messiah was going to come and he was going to rescue them. Just like God had done in previous situations in the past. So many times in the past through prophets of old. There's plenty of stories in the Old Testament of God sending a, a hero. A godly man to save them. King David had done it on numerous occasions. And, and some of the old prophets had done it. So many times this had happened. Samson's a great example. The Philistines were oppressing him and he'd just come in like this incredible hero. A bit like Thor with his big hammer. Although with Samson it was a, a, a jawbone. And he went round and he defeated their enemies like Superman. And that's what the Israelites thought. They thought that the, the hero, that their Messiah was going to come in like Superman. Like Thor. Like Iron Man. He was going to come in. He was going to save them from their enemies. He was going to defeat them and put them back on the throne. But it didn't happen like that. It didn't happen like that. What they got was the most vulnerable, the weakest, the most unassuming, the humblest, the kindest, the most gracious, the most forgiving, the most honest, the most loving, the lo most loyal, the most faithful. But he wasn't just loyal and faithful and all of those things to them. He actually came and more often than not, he was all of those things to their enemies, to everyone. He was love. And he came in the exact opposite of what they'd expected. They'd expected Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, to come in and sort the situation out. Bruce Willis in Die Hard to come and get all his tools out. And, and the A-team, remember Hannibal Lecter and all of those? They remembered all of those things. That's what they expected. That's what they hoped for. And what they got was a baby, a weak, young, defenseless baby. 
God didn't do it as they expected. And if you want to see the real victory in your life, kids, if you want to see God step in, any, any of you kids, right, you're going to, to kids' church, right? You're the freshest, youngest, you've not been polluted by the world and disappointments and all of that stuff. Any of you want to see God do miracles in your life? Yeah, I'm seeing some hands go up. Any of you want to see God do some amazing things to take your life and, and make something special out of your life? Any of you still got them hopes? Yeah. Here's the thing, right? I'm talking to the kids, but I'm telling this to the oldest person in this room. I don't know who the oldest person is, by the way. It doesn't really matter. But what I've just said there applies to every single one of us. See, God doesn't do it in the way you expect him to do it. He doesn't do it in the timing you expect him to do it. He doesn't do it in the place you expect him to do it. And he more often than not doesn't do it how you expect him to do it. He doesn't use the people you expect him to use. And he often doesn't use the resources and the tools and the finance and all of that stuff that you would expect God to use to do it. God's ways are so, so different to ours. But if you really want to see a miracle, if you really want to see something incredible in your life, something that you can stand back and go, that, that was a miracle, that was nothing to do with me I have just witnessed with my own eyes God at work in my life if you really want that in your life then you've got to give room for God to do it the way he wants to do it if you want to see the real victory then you've got to have an open mind you see the Israelites his own people were one dimensional they could only see Arnold Schwarzenegger coming in the Terminator destroying their enemies they couldn't see a baby. They couldn't see someone coming in and, and saying, you know what? You know when your enemy comes and he slaps you in the face? Turn the other cheek. Let him slap you a second time. Say, that's okay. You can do that. Keep slapping me. Keep doing it because you cannot beat me. You cannot overcome. With God on your side, it doesn't matter what your enemies do. It doesn't matter what the bullies do. It doesn't matter what the bullies say. It doesn't matter what the bullies even think. Let them think what they want about you. If there's someone in school, if there's someone in work, if there's someone in your life who doesn't like you, let them. Let them. They're entitled to their opinion. Let them think what they want of you. Do you know what? Their opinion, do you know what it means? Nothing. Doesn't mean a thing. What they think about you, what they say about you, doesn't mean a thing. Because the only thing that matters is what God says. And His anointing. And when God places His anointing, when God puts his authority, when God puts his power and his backing on you, he may not do it in a way that other people expect. He may not do it in a way that you'd like your bully to see. You might like your bully to see you go in and, and destroy everyone and, and this big huge hero that, that fixes it all. But guess what? 
God will do it anyway. And at the end, if you'll be faithful, if you'll stick with God, if you'll remain faithful to Him and to His ways, if you'll trust in Him and you'll stick with Him, you'll see the outcome. You'll see what He does. You'll see His power at work. And so will everyone else. So will everyone else. They'll be saying it about you. They'll be, they'll be coming to your defence. Your enemies, your previous enemies, will be coming to your defence. They'll be coming to protect you. They'll be coming to look out for you. Right at the moment when you don't expect it. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. Right at the moment when you don't expect it. Suddenly your enemy comes to your defence. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. It was risky. The real victory was forgiving sinners. The real victory was healing the sick. The real victory was saying anyone is welcome. The real victory was being beaten. The real victory was being spoken badly of. The real victory was having a Judas right in the middle of your team, working behind your back, saying things about you, trying to undermine you. That was the real victory. That was the real victory. The real victory was death. The real victory was what looked like defeat that turned out to be the greatest victory that the whole world has ever, ever seen. Amen? Beaten, betrayed, crucified, yet faith in God. Faith in what he was called to do. Faith in what he was sent to do. Crucifixion, but out of it the greatest victory that the world has ever seen. The real victory but not in the way that people expected it. Do you, do you realise that he, Jesus, when he grew up, so it, when he came as a baby, he didn't really do too much as a baby. That's not a big surprise, is it? It wasn't really too much he could do. In fact, the first recorded things about Jesus, apart from when he was a baby uh, and going off to Egypt and Babylon, really the first recorded things are when he was kind of 10, 11, 12, around about that age. He was just uh, that, about that age. Right there at the beginning, his father's house. He wanted to be in his father's house. He wanted to be where his father was. He wanted to be around faith, true faith. But then eventually he, he, he was called and he was anointed and, and God said, now is the time. The Holy Spirit came and, and took Jesus to be, to be trained now you think about it, I would expect if you're going to train the Messiah, I've got a picture in my head of the SAS, I've got a picture of him marching around, I've got a picture of him lugging heavy gear around and climbing over big walls and going into boxing matches and doing all kinds of things, getting down on all fours and crawling through the sand and the wilderness. It was none of those things. He was taken on his own to be tempted. He was actually taken to confront his enemy, his worst enemy, face to face, right at the beginning. But then he started his ministry and he got together his disciples, his, his army, if you like. 
You'd imagine a massive army, wouldn't you? You'd imagine trained men. Not Jesus. See, the real victory was choosing the weak of this world. The real victory was choosing the ones that other people had rejected. The real victory was choosing the ones that people were saying about them, they don't know what they're doing. The real victory was having a team of people who even though they'd spent three and a half years with him, they'd witnessed his miracles, they'd witnessed his faith, they'd heard God's voice. Three of them had heard God's voice on one occasion saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. They'd seen the miracles. They'd seen God's anointed upon him. Yet, yet, still didn't understand. Still didn't get it. Still didn't realize because they were weak. They were still religious. That was all they could see was religion. Anyone think this is a religion that we're doing? This isn't a religion. This isn't a religion. The Bible says that this isn't religion we're doing. That was in the old way. And it never worked. And God knew it never worked. What we do is relationship. What we do is relationship with God. What we do is hearing from Him. Hearing His promises. Putting our faith in Him. Being led and directed by Him. In faith. In power. The real victory... The real victory in your life, it's not seeing the victory when everyone comes and they're patting you on the back and they're giving you the high fives and they're putting the medals around your neck and they're saying how amazing you are and how wonderful you are. Do you know the real winners? They're not really interested in that stuff. Do you realise that? Because real winners, right, they understand that the real victory... It's hard. It's difficult. The real victory is tough. You've got to keep on going. You've got to never give up. You've got to face your enemy. You've got to have faith. You've got to have perseverance. You've got to keep on going. You'll face problems. You'll face difficulties. You'll face enemies from almost the closest quarters you could ever imagine. Because the real victory doesn't look the way that you would expect it to look. It's different. But thank God it is. Because in the end, if you'll stay with the plan, if you'll trust God, if you'll keep faith with Him, He will make it all right in the end. And the real victory in your life is not when you see it all right in the end. It's not when you see that. It's when you have that moment, when you have that realisation, when you have that revelation, that moment with God and suddenly that understanding comes on you, that understanding, that realisation that there's a promise, that there's a promise and that it's all going to be alright. That's the real victory. And real winners, that's what they crave. Not the medal around the neck and the praise of others and all the glory and what everyone wants to say about them. Actually, real, real winners, they kind of shy away from that. They don't really want that. 
Despite what you think, they don't actually really want that. They're gracious with it. That's not the goal. In fact, when they've completed a task, when, the, the, if you like, the second victory comes, the first victory is the promise. Let me tell you what I've heard, learned in my life is the first victory and the only one that really counts is the promise from God. Once you've had that promise from God, you've had all the victory you need. The rest is just a waiting game. It's just a faithful game. It's just a patience game. It's just a perseverance game. But when the second victory comes, the real winners, they, they actually don't really want that. They don't want to sit and revel in the glory and in the power and, and look at this and look at how great I am. They're just looking for the next challenge, the next task, the next thing. Because they know our life here on earth is short. It's limited. We're short of time. Our days are numbered. We might not have a tomorrow. So they want to make the most of every single day. Every single opportunity. Kids, don't miss a minute. Give it everything. Go for everything. Believe. Pray and ask God to help you. Ask him to show you what he wants to do with your life. The oldest person in here, I don't know who you are. You might not know whether you're the oldest person in here or not. But if you suspect you might be, <laughs> then let me tell you this. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep on going. There's a promise in the Bible. It says that your latter days will be greater than your former days. That's what it says in the Word. It says that for faithful men and women of God, that their latter days will be more productive, more fruitful than their former days. Young ones like me. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You might think you've got your whole life ahead of you. You might think it's all over. You might think you've messed up more than could ever be fixed. I want to tell you this morning, the real victory, the real victory is not wanting to see God's enemies destroyed. God's enemies shattered, any of them things. God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. God's heart is that all of them would turn and repent and come to him. He sees every single one as his children that he wants to bring and gather unto himself if they're willing, if they're willing. And he's given opportunity over and over again for them to come and to repent and to, to put it right. And you know what? It's never too late and it's never too soon. It's never too late and it's never too soon. Kids, remember that. It's never too late and it's never too soon. Kids, can you say that with me? It's never too late and it's never too soon. Can we say it again? Let's see them. Stand up. Come on, kids. Stand up. Tell them adults. Shout it at them. Tell them it's never too late and it's never too soon. Say it again. You might have come here to, to listen to me this morning. Probably not, to be fair, but hey, you never know. You might have come here to listen to an amazing preacher, a fantastic message, some incredible inspiration. You might have expected something that you've never heard before, something fresh, something new, something really clever, poetic maybe, who knows? What you just heard 
from the youngest ones in here. That's everything you need to know. It's never too late and it's never too soon. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter about your story. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what you've done. You might say to me, but Barry, I've done terrible, terrible things. I don't deserve God's grace. I don't deserve God's mercy. I'll tell you this. Firstly, let go of that enemy. Let go of that enemy in your life. Put them away. Put them to bed. Walk away from them. Don't have any more to do with them. Uh, hopefully they can, they can sort their life out and whatever, but don't want retribution. Move on. All the time you're spending focused on your enemy, you're missing out on the promises of God and what he's got for you and the incredible things that he's got for you. Focus on God. Focus on what he's got for your life because the minute you'll let go of those things, the minute you'll start to realize that the real victory, it's not retribution. It's not punishment. It's not any of those things. When you realize that the real victory is grace, the real victory is love, you know what? You'll receive it. You won't have to go looking for it. You'll become love. And when you become love, you don't have to look for it because you've already got it. It's right in the center. It's right in your heart. Ayo, are you ready?